the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It is built through the consistent application of wisdom and hard work. Dr. Derek Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, provides you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insight on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. It will ask you penetrating questions to help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination and provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it, Dr. Greer is offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right, a free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big, mailed to you as a gift. However, that's not all. You will also get 30 days access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, from mediocre to extraordinary. It's our prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything God wants you to be. So, if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is for you. Claim your free book and get free 30-day access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab. Simply visit dgmfree.com. You were made to think big, Hello, welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We are so glad that you joined us today. We believe that the truth of God's word will empower you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. As always, you can get this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's Live Big message. Father, open eyes right now. Cause us to see in practical ways, God, things that we've not seen before. Give us takeaways, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we all say Amen. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8. Scripture says, but Noah found. It wasn't something that he won. It wasn't something that he earned, but something that happened unexpectedly and, and something that he would discover in his life. It says, but Noah found grace. Now, if, if you used to go to Sunday school, In Sunday school, one of the basic definitions you learned is the definition of grace. And grace is defined as God's unmerited favor. It's an unearned and undeserved gift. God's grace never depends on what you've done, only on what God has done for us, okay? Grace begins in God's heart, not in our hearts. It's, it's, it's something totally dependent on him. God took the initiative and loved us when we were unlovely. 
And that's what grace is about. Now, ask most people, uh, you know, why, why, uh, what, what they must do to, to, to go to heaven. And 99% of the folks are going to say, well, y- you got to be good. Well, Jesus in the New Testament, he contradicts that answer. And what he says, when you listen to all his parables and all of his teaching, the way he approaches that subject, what you have to do to get to heaven is cry for help. And it's not about you trying to be good to make it in. It's about you crying out to God to get the help you need to make it into heaven. Can anyone in here cry for help? Can anyone say help, help, help? Okay. That's easy. That's easy. And by the way, that might be the most theological correct, theologically correct prayer you've ever prayed because it's in the Bible and uh, uh, help, help, help. Lord, help me. Father, help me in the name of your son, Jesus, God. I can't do it on my own. I can't figure it out on my own, Lord. I'm not good enough on my own. Lord, help me become everything I need to become. Help me to be everything you want me to be, Lord. So, so help is what causes us to get in. Remember the Pharisee, he, was, he prayed but, you know, before God's like, man, I thank God I'm not like this person. I'm not like that person. I'm not like that woman and that sinner and that, that tax collector. But the sinner went up and said, Lord, he beat his breast. He said, Father, I, I don't deserve anything. And in his humility, he cried out for help. And sometimes because we've done a little good in life, we think we could do it on our own. But, but here's the deal. If you are uh, jumping a chasm, if, if you missed by uh, an inch or a mile, you're going down. And here's the thing. None of us can make it to the other side. None of us have the strength to live a totally righteous life to bridge our living to God. So for that reason, Jesus came as a bridge. And if you would stop trying to jump on your own and just walk on the work of Jesus, you will get to the other side. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I, I can't explain why God loves me. I can't explain why he, he loves you, to be honest with you. I, t- I want y'all to lighten up. Lighten up. But since I found out, I am holding on for dear life. I, when you boil everything down that's good about me and good about you, God's favor is really the only thing we have going for us. And he went on, he said, this is the genealogy of the family tree of Noah. And then it says, Noah was just. Most modern translations in the NIV, the ESV, etc., they, they translate this word just as righteous. So we, we could say that Noah was a righteous man. But notice here, Grace always precedes righteousness. So it was God's grace that enabled Noah to live a righteous life. It was not his righteousness that caused God to give him grace. It was vice versa. Do you follow now? So you'll never be good enough to earn grace. It won't be grace anymore if you earned it because grace by nature and definition is unearned, unmerited favor, right? So we're saved by grace. So if you earn it, uh, that's not the New Testament salvation. It would not by works. You'll never do it right. You'll never do it well enough. We all screw up all the time. You hear what I'm saying? But Jesus said, I'm going to come down and do it right for you. And again, I'm going to be that, that, that bridge. And what's important is God still knows how to reach down into the gutter and bring up a jewel. It's amazing what he does. 
It's amazing. Then it says he was, he was perfect in his, now there's a qualifier, perfect in his generation. Meaning, compared to the rest of the folk, he was in a different category. He, he, he was sufficiently righteous to exempt himself from the flood that was about to come on planet earth. You see, God sees the best in me, even when everyone else around sees the worst in me. And he's there, never forget who was there for you when no one else was. And I remember when, when, when God was there for me, when no one else could see any good in me, but God saw something. I don't know what he saw. I don't understand his imagination, but he saw something in me. That while I was yet twisting in my sin, he looked at me and said, boy, you can live. Now, now come on to me, boy. I'm going to fix that and make it right. And, and that's why I'm so grateful. You see, those that operate under the Lord, they're not grateful because they deserved everything they got. But you and I, we know it's been by grace. It's because there was something kind and gracious in God that he even looked on somebody like me. So I can't help but say, thank you, Jesus. I can't help but say, God, I give you the honor. I give you the glory. I can't help but say, if it hadn't been for the Lord on my side, where, where, where would I, I, I be? Lord, Lord, I praise you, God. I can't help but live this life of gratitude because I know what side my bread is buttered on. You hear what I'm saying? I know where my help comes from. No, I really understand this, that it's him in me, Christ in me, my only hope of any type of glory in life. I recognize who he is, who I'm not. And again, I'm not trying to work it out. I just got to say, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. You are so good. You are so kind. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not even trying to be religious, but thank you. Because I know, I know what I am without him. Sounds like y'all in the same boat. Hallelujah. All right. Y'all doing good first service. I know you're in the room. I appreciate that. Hallelujah. All right, sit down. Hallelujah. It said, Noah, what with God? Now, God didn't select Noah because he had the highest IQ. He, it wasn't because he had the greatest skill, talent, so stand, none of those things. All God wanted was someone who would walk with him. Someone who would enjoy and value his company. See, God's not as deep as we think. He's not saying, man, if, if you could memorize this and, and, and do that. No, no, he's saying, if you would just enjoy me. If you would just value my presence and my company, those who walk with God always reach the destination. That's important. Noah walked with God. You know, I say this often. I upset my friends because I, I say, you know, you're a pastor, but you walk with God sometime. I say, well, you're a bishop, apostle, yeah, all that, but, but you walk with God sometimes. Here's the difference. I walk with God and just kind of happen to be a bishop. Matter of fact, if God never called me into the ministry, I'd be walking with God. 
My goal in life is not the Bishop Rick. It's not ministry. It's to walk with my creator and to give him praise and honor for the goodness that he has given me and that he's been in my life. Take this job, take this church. I'm still walking with Jesus. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and, and Japheth. So Noah was, was a family man, and um, I want you to notice early on, everyone in the narrative that was connected to Noah escaped the flood. It matters who you're connected to and who's connected to you. That's important. Let's skip to verse 13. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. Now, this imagery, it seems a little strange for, for him to say it that way. It's like he's not omniscient. That's not what's happening. He was speaking in the, the, the language of the ancient world. What, what would happen is uh, ancient kings, before they executed an, an edict, it was written down or, or, or recorded some way. And it was presented to the king or, or the queen for final examination. And if it was approved, it became final. So what God was really saying is, Noah, the concrete is about to set here. I'm about to finalize a decree and release some things that, that the earth has not seen. And then he explains why he's about to do what he was about to do. He said, for the earth is filled with violence through them, speaking of humanity. Now, in the Hebrew, the Hebrew kind of communicates a little differently than what, what, what's written. But if you look at the, the natural, the, the literal Hebrew here, he's saying the earth was not only a scary place. The real problem was people had no shame because the, when the Bible says that it was filled with violence, it was saying that it was, it was, they were open faced and that, that was just a pictorial language, the Hebrew. So what he was saying was people were were in your face with their sins. And they dared anybody to protest. There was a ripened level of brazenness and defiance, much like the world today. But Jesus said, you know, before I come back, it's going to be like the days of Noah. It's going to be like the days of Lot. We shouldn't be surprised. And behold, pay attention, I will destroy them with the earth. In layman's terms, God was saying, I'm getting sick of y'all. You see, Adam and Eve were placed on the earth to represent God to the planet. But instead, people were repping the devil, repping them selves. No one had any type of respect for God. Everyone lived like God wasn't looking or paying attention. But even God in his long suffering, the Bible says he's long suffering. If you have a King James verse, it doesn't say ever suffering. That's important. He's patient. But at some point, even God says it's enough. And, and, you know, I know some folk who are trying to figure out where does God draw the line? But you're going to have to discover that without me. I'm not trying to get that close to the edge to find out where I might slip in. That's just the way I think. So he said, Noah, make yourself an ark. Noah, I'm going to deal with them, but I'm going to protect you. And that's, that's God's nature. 
And you got to know that about him. God will deal with stuff, but even him dealing with stuff, he knows how to protect his own. Now, this is important because those who walk with God sometimes have to go through some things that other people go through. But your outcome doesn't have to be the same. It's important. Noah went through the flood, but here's the thing. He went through the flood. Now, the same rain came on him that came on the unjust. But his God's favor, we see protection. But, but here's the deal. Remember Isaac? He sowed in a time of famine. The worst time to sow. But he received a hundredfold harvest in that season. Daniel was sent into a lion's den. He came out alive and then the king threw his enemies in. Joseph was sold into slavery, but he became number two to Pharaoh. Jesus was put to death on a criminal's cross, but on the third day. What I'm saying is we're going to go through some things, but the outcome don't have to be like everybody else. A lot of folks went to a cross, but Jesus' outcome was not the same as everybody else. A lot of people have been thrown into the lion's den, but Daniel's outcome was not like everybody's else. A lot of folk have been sold into slavery, but Joseph's outcome was not like everybody else's. So what I'm saying is you might have to go through some things, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same outcome as everybody else. I hear the rain. I hear the rain. I hear the rain. But, but, that's right. But here's the deal. Jesus said, it's going to be fire next time. He said, make yourself an ark. Skip to verse 18. And we can't cover it all. We have limited time. So trouble's coming, rain's coming, all that stuff. But I love when God gets his big button there. But I will establish my covenant with you. Now, an ancient covenant was the strongest form of contract. It came in with a a built-in death oath. And what the covenant was about and the split bodies and, and, and all that was basically what happens to these animals. You see these dead animals on either side. That's what's going to happen to you if you violate this covenant. So so a covenant was not like, you know, us just signing a contract and they might mess up your credit report. A covenant was a death oath. What's amazing is God has a covenant with us through Jesus Christ. Meaning God would have to self-destruct before he breaks even one of his promises. Now, I can't reach up to kill him, but he's a God of integrity. He'd have to kill himself before he just one jot or tittle of his word. His integrity is true and he will keep his word. And again, again, it's not just a little contract that we try to get out of and hire some lawyers. This was a covenant and deity's life 
hung in the balance and, and the recipient's life hung in, in the balance, or the partner better's life. And, and you know, uh, uh, he, this, this covenant was, was a big deal. And he said, I have a covenant with you. The, the only reason Noah's outcome was different was Noah had a covenant. And if you have a covenant with God, even though you go through the same stuff the neighbors on your block go through, your outcome can be different. He said, because of my covenant, it wasn't so much the ark that saved him. It was the covenant that saved him. You hear what I'm saying? And by the way, we're under the new covenant. See? Not the new contract. Before one of those words fall to the ground, God has to explode in self-destruct. It's a covenant. He said, and Noah, you shall go into the ark. Troubles will come, but God will shield you and hide you in the middle of it. Let's go to Psalms 27 and 5. This is an important psalm. He said, for in the time of trouble, when it's raining outside, he shall hide me in his pavilion. The literal language is saying that he will hide me and you in his tent. And what he does, he says, come on into my tent. I know folks are chasing after you. I know people are looking for you. But but here's the deal. Come into my tent and then stand right behind me and I'll answer the door. So, so let them come, but they're going to have to come through me to get to you. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his tent, in the secret place of his tabernacle. Now, everyone may panic in another's tent, but in this tent, you hear what I'm saying? When the Lord's hiding you and you wrapped up behind his big hand, he shall hide me. And then it switches metaphors here and says, and he shall set me high above or upon a rock. And that, that metaphor of the rock here, he, he says, I, I will set you in a high, strong, inaccessible and impregnable place out of reach of your enemies. In other words, David was saying, you don't want to come for me. You don't want to come for me. You don't want to come for me. And that's the conviction of someone that has a covenant with God. He's sleeping with the lion of Judah. Bible said, he who watches over neither slumbers nor sleeps. He says, man, you know, it's vain to rise up early, you know, trying to protect the city. You know, if God watches the city, unless he watches, those that watch, watch in vain. And God is fierce, loving, and kind. But he knows how to deal with a joker when the joker needs dealing with. He said, he shall set me high above or upon a rock. Genesis 6 and 18. He said, Noah... You shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Everyone in Noah's family was saved. 
This is why I believe everyone in my family and your family, if you, if you trust them, will be saved. It's important. Because if God did this under a lesser covenant, why wouldn't he do it for our families or the families of people in, in a greater covenant? Now, our covenant was not cut with the blood of, of goats and calves, etc., but the blood of God's own son. We honor signatures written in ink, but God honors a signature written in his son's own blood. And you got to get past that blood. You hear what I'm saying? This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big. God wants you to live a life that's big, a life that's bigger than yourself and inspired by the vision he has just for you. The challenge is that sometimes we get stuck on the journey. Things become stagnant and and keep us from living up to our full potential. We know that sometimes, you know, things need to change, but we just don't know what or how. When this happens, the, the big question we must ask ourselves is how do I get unstuck? How do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, I've developed an assessment tool that will reveal where you are and and where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will point you toward resources that are going to help you remove barriers and, and, and keep you moving forward. This assessment is completely free. Not only that, once you complete the assessment, you'll be directed to a page where you can claim a free copy of my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. Don't settle for mediocrity, live big. Let's get started by visiting canilivebig.com and let's visit it today. That's canilivebig.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.